Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. We've all been affected by leprosy, quote unquote leprosy, where isolation has happened. But praise God for the good news that is a part of the gospel, right? That even those who have been isolated because of sin can be restored and made whole, right? Like that's the coolest thing about Jesus. But the reality for lepers in this day was you have to live in isolation now. You you can't be part of the group. Sin isolates us in a spiritual sense in the same way that leprosy isolated people physically. It's ironic if you think about it. So often we're enticed into sin by the lie that it's going to make people like us more. And it might seem like it for a time, but ultimately it leads to eternal isolation, not just from each other, but also from God. As Pastor James will remind us in today's message, the good news is that the spiritual leprosy can be healed. Christ wants to make us clean and bring us into better relationship with others. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Leviticus chapter 11 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. And this is like one of the most sad things concerning leprosy. In case you don't know, leprosy would would cause isolation. It defiles the person, okay, making them unclean. But it also causes isolation. So if you can envision yourself living in these times, maybe somebody really close to you comes down with leprosy. Well, there comes a point in time where you have to say farewell to that person. You will never physically be able to touch them again. You will never physically be able to embrace them again. As long as they're a leper, they have to live separate. They have to. So if it's a dad and he's got a wife, and he's got kids, he will no longer ever be able to physically embrace his wife or his children ever again. It's the saddest thing ever. It's, it's terribly sad. It's tragic. The correlation. Sin defiles. Sin ultimately isolates. It isolates. And we think like, well, it's not going to hurt anybody. It won't hurt anybody. It's not going to hurt anybody. That's a lie. That's a lie. And that's exactly what Satan wants us to believe. It'll only affect you. If it hurts anybody, it'll only ever just hurt you. But that's not true. We all have stories. We've all been affected by leprosy, quote unquote leprosy, where isolation has happened. But praise God for the good news that is a part of the gospel, right? That even those who have been isolated because of sin can be restored and made whole, right? Like, that's the coolest thing about Jesus. But the reality for lepers in this day was you have to live in isolation now. You you can't be part of the group. Now, let's look at this treatment, kind of one treatment aspect of this. Uh, Verse 47, now suppose um, mildew 
is the word that's here uh, used here. Um, some, it, I, it's New Living Translation says mildew. Um, your translation, which I think is probably more accurate in one sense, would say leprosy, right? So um, let's we'll continue with that one. Let's say leprosy, or it contaminates some wool, woolen or linen clothing. The woolen or linen fabric, the hide of an animal, or anything made of leather. If the contaminated area of clothing, the animal hide or fabric, or the leather article has been turned greenish or has turned greenish or reddish, it is contaminated with mildew, is what my Bible says, and must be thrown or shown to a priest. After examining the affected spot, the priest will put the article in quarantine for seven days. So not only you, but sometimes your own clothing has to be put in quarantine. And on the seventh day, the priest will inspect again. If the contaminated sorry, uh, area has spread, the clothing or fabric uh, or leather is clearly contaminated by a serious mildew. Okay, we're just going to run with that one. And is ceremonially unclean. The priest must burn the item, the clothing, the woolen, the woolen or linen fabric, or the piece of leather, for it has been contaminated by a serious mildew or lepr- leprosy. It must be completely destroyed by fire. Destroyed by fire. Uh, sin destines things to be destroyed by fire. It's serious. Serious. We have to, we've got to treat it that way. But again, praise God there's a remedy. Praise God there's a remedy, right? Verse 53. If the priest examines and finds that the contaminated area has not spread in the clothing, fabric, or leather, the priest will order the object to be washed will be quarantined for seven more days. Then the priest must examine the object again. If he finds the contaminated area has, contaminated area has not changed color after being washed, even it, if it did not spread, the object is defiled, must be completely burned up, whether the contaminated spot is on the inside or the outside. But if the priest examines it and finds that the contaminated area has faded after being washed, he must cut the spot from the clothing or the fabric or the leather if the spot later appears, reappears on the clothing, fabric, or leather article, the mildew is clearly spreading, and a contaminated object must be burned up. If, but if the spot disappears from the clothing, the fabric, the leather article, after it's been washed, it must be washed again, then it'll be ceremonially, ceremonially clean. These are the instructions for dealing with leprosy slash mildew, whatever, uh, that contaminates woolen or linen clothing or fabric, of in, or anything made of leather. This is how the priest will determine whether these items are ceremonially clean or unclean. That's a lot. That's a whole lot, right? Like, so there's, there's like, okay, let's address this problem. Sometimes you're going to get, you're going to get these, you might get these spots on your skin. Well, we have to address these things. Well, if it's just a boil, then it's just a boil. If it's just a rash, then it's just a rash. That's for the priest to determine, and they will do that with time, with time uh, and isolation, they, they address these things. Now, if it's on the clothes, we, we, we talk about all that stuff. But what's kind of cool is chapter four covers like the, the cleansing element of it, right? Because you could look at this and be like, oh man, this is like a bummer. I, I, I don't know if I'd want to live during these times anyways. Um, but if you were and you just had this read out to you, you're like, I have a whole lot to worry about now, right? <laughs> like now all I'm going to think about is like, what's that spot? What's that spot? I don't know. Do I need to get this examined? Should I not get this examined? I mean, is it just in my mind, right? Like, there's just stress and it's anxiety and it's all that good stuff. But 
what's cool is that there is a, there's a, a remedy, there's a process for it. And what's, what's fascinating about chapter 14 of Leviticus is that this is like the crucifixion story hidden in the book of Leviticus. This is what's kind of cool about this, this last little chapter. A lot of verses, again, I know, I'm reading through a lot, and I don't like to read through this many verses, but we're, we're covering some ground, guys. And then look, we'll read through them. You're going to have a little time to discuss. Verse 14, or chapter 14, verse 1, the Lord says to Moses, the following instructions are for those seeking ceremonial purification from a skin disease. And I would say yes and amen, because I'm always looking for some ceremonial purification from skin disease, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always, yes, I go to the cross often. I go to the, foot, the feet of Jesus often and say, Lord, uh, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, please inspect me, and I welcome your forgiveness and your healing concerning my sinfulness, right? So there's good news for these people. Those who have been healed must be brought to the priest who have examined them outside the place or at the place outside the camp. If the priest finds that someone has been healed of a serious skin disease, he will perform a purification ceremony using two live birds that are ceremonially clean and a stick of cedar. I think the, uh, what's your, I can't remember what your, your translation says. Is it juniper? Is that the other? Yeah, juniper. Okay, so uh, cedar or juniper, some scarlet yarn, right? That's, that's fascinating, that scarlet yarn. And you got, a, you got a piece of wood and you got scarlet yarn. So that's kind of interesting, like cross and then scarlet representation of blood. Um, and a hyssop branch, that was present within the crucifixion story as well. The priest will order that one of the birds be slaughtered over a clay pot filled with fresh water. He will then take the live bird, the cedar stick, and the scarlet yarn, and the hyssop branch, and dip them in the blood of that bird that was slaughtered over the fresh water. The priest will then sprinkle the blood of the dead bird seven times on the person being purified of the skin disease. When the priest has purified the person, he will release the live bird in an open field to fly away freely, right? So what you have going on here is there's two birds, and one lays down its life, essentially, as a sacrifice, and the blood of that sacrifice is, is sprinkled onto the person, thus pronouncing them clean. You're clean. And in the mix of that is a piece of wood, okay, whether it's cedar or uh, juniper, doesn't matter. It's a piece of a tree, that represents the cross of Jesus. And it's all this part is, is, is kind of mixed in. And it's a beautiful, if you can see it, a beautiful little visual image of Jesus dying on the cross, providing himself as the ultimate sacrifice. And there was blood and there was water present at his death on the cross as well. And you're covered by his blood. And then who's the bird set free? Well, you're the bird set free, Right. You've been set free. Well, you're kind of the person, the person who's been splattered by the blood, the sick person who's been made well, but it's a cool thing. Like, it's, it's a really cool image that, that was already set up here at the very beginning, so to speak. Persons being purified must then wash their clothes, shave off all their hair, and bathe themselves in water. They will be ceremonially, ceremonially clean and may return to the camp. However, they must remain outside their tents for seven days. On the seventh day, they must again shave all the hair from their heads, including the hair of the beard and eyebrows. This just looks, I, you, yeah, um, praise God, right? Like, there should be a lot of like, oh, praise God, we don't have to do this. Um, 
I tell you, if we had to do this, social media wouldn't be a thing, okay? It just wouldn't be, right? Like, nobody's posting pictures of that, okay? Uh, Well, I would be posting pictures of, like, somebody else in that state, but never myself, right? They must also wash all their clothes, their clothes, and bathe themselves in water, and they will be ceremonially clean. Um, So just a few things before we press on too too much further. The priest pursues the leper. That's at the very beginning. The priest pursues the leper, okay? Uh, The priest offers the sacrifice. The priest washes and waits, okay, concerning the leper. This is, and Jesus is the priest. And then the leper, what we're going to see here in just a second, the one who's been made well offers a sacrifice also, okay? So, On the eighth day, verse 10, each person being purified must bring two male lambs and one and a one-year-old female lamb, all with no defects, along with a grain offering of six quarts of choice flour moistened with olive oil and a cup of olive oil. When the officiating priest, uh, then the officiating priest will present that person for purification along with the offerings before the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will take one of the male lambs and the olive oil and present them as a guilt offering, lifting them up as a special offering before the Lord. He will then slaughter the male lamb in the sacred area where the sin offerings and burnt offerings are slaughtered. As with the sin offering, the guilt offering belongs to the priest. It is the most holy offering. The priest will then take some of the blood from the guilt offering and apply it to the lobe of the right ear, the right thumb, or the thumb of the right hand, and the big toe on the right foot of the person being purified, which was only applied to the priest beforehand. Now it's applied to the one who has been made whole, who's been made well. And again, just as a reminder, blood applied to the right ear so that you hear God's voice. Blood to the right thumb so that you do what God has called you to do. Blood on their big toe is that you go where he tells you to go. You follow him, right? So now the person who was once sick or once a leper and has been made well is now set apart in a good way to listen, to obey, and to follow God. That's the beautiful story of leper, a leper made whole. That's our story, guys. That is our story, okay? We, we are not the priest in the story, Jesus is the priest in the story. We are the lepers in the story, okay? Verse 15, the priest will pour some of the olive oil onto the palm of his own left hand. He will dip his right finger into the olive oil and sprinkle some of, uh, some of it with his finger seven times before the Lord. The priest will then apply some of the oil in his palm over the blood of the guilt offering that is on the right lobe of the ear, the right thumb of the right hand, and the right the big toe of the right foot of the person being purified. Oil, Holy Spirit, blood covering you, ear, your thumb, your toe. Oil representing the Holy Spirit, anointing. So the person has now been cleansed, healed, set apart, anointed. Is this ringing any bells to you guys? Maybe some Acts chapter 2 type business where the Holy Spirit comes down and Jesus says, don't leave Jerusalem. Until what? Until I've touched your ear, your thumb, and your toe. It's the gospel. It's like right here. It's the gospel. Why Leviticus? This is why. This is awesome. You'll forever see this when you read through your Bibles in the one-year thing. You'll never be able to forget this, okay? So how do I know that? Because somebody taught me this like 15-plus years ago, and I've never forgotten it. Never forgotten it. 
Okay. Now I've lost my spot. Um, yeah, here we go. Uh, the priest will apply the oil to the remaining, uh, remaining in his hand to the head of the person being purified. This could also be symbol, symbol, uh, symbolizing their thought life. Ear for the hearing, thumb for the doing, feet for the going, their head for their, their thinking. Anointed. Okay? I always think of Romans chapter 12. Um, you know, just transformed by the renewing of my mind. Okay? Through this process, the priest will purify the person before the Lord. Then the priest must present the sin offering to, uh, to purify the person who was cured of the skin disease. After that, the priest will slaughter the burnt offering and offer it on the altar along with the grain offering. Through this process, the priest will purify the person who was healed and the person will be ceremonially clean. If anyone is too poor or cannot afford these offerings, uh, of these offerings may bring one male lamb for a guilt offering to be lifted up as a special offering of purification. Again, God's amazing. God is cool, and he will meet you where you're at. The person must also bring two quarts of choice flour moistened with olive oil for the grain offering and the cup of olive oil. The offering must also include two turtle doves or two young pigeons, whichever the person can afford. That's something important. You should underline that. God will meet you where you are at. He will meet you where you're at. What can you offer? Then offer that. And I'm not, I'm not one of those preachers who's going to get, you know, let's pa- over now let's pass around the plate. We're not going to do that. You offer up to the Lord what you can offer up to the Lord. Now, money is a thing. That is an act of giving. It's an act of worship. We have offering here, but it's got to be between you and God. But there are other elements of your life that should be presented to the Lord as an offering. It goes beyond. It goes beyond finances. But he will meet you where you're at. I love that, man. He, he will meet you where you're at. Um, it says one of the pair must be used for the sin offering and the other for the burnt offering. On the eighth day of the purification ceremony, the person being purified must bring the offerings to the priest of the Lord's presence at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will take a lamb for the guilt offering along with the olive oil and lift them up as a special offering to the Lord. Then the priest will slaughter the lamb for the guilt offering. He will take some of its blood, apply it to the lobe of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, and the toe, big toe, of the right foot with the person being purified. We already covered why for that. Priest will also pour some of the olive oil into the palm of his own left hand, dip his finger into the olive oil of his palm, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord. Priest will apply some of it, the oil, in his palm over the blood of the guilt offering that's on the lobe of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, the big toe of the right foot of the person being purified. The priest will apply the oil remaining in his hand to the head of the person being purified. Through this process, the priest will purify the person before the Lord. It goes on. Uh, Then the priest will offer two turtle doves and two young pigeons, whichever the person can afford. One of them is for a sin offering. The other is for a burnt offering to be presented along with the grain offering. Through this process, the priest will purify the person before the Lord. These are the instructions for the purification for those who have recovered from a serious skin disease, but who cannot afford to bring the offerings normally required for the ceremony of purification. And then here's how to clean a house. Uh, Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when you arrive in Canaan, that's the promised land, the land I've given you as your own possession, I I may contaminate some of the houses in your land with mildew. What? He may allow this to happen. The owner of such a house must then go to a priest and say, it appears that my house has some kind of mildew, right? There's something going on there. Before the priest goes in to inspect the house, he must have the house emptied so nothing inside 
uh, nothing inside will be pronounced ceremonially unclean. Then the priest will go in, examine the mildew on the walls. If he finds greenish or reddish streaks and the contamination appears to go deeper than the wall surface, the priest will step outside the door, put the house in quarantine for seven days. Yes, your house for quarantine for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest will return for another inspection. Uh, we'd be really busy down here with all this mold, right? Like, I mean, my goodness, you could not live in your house, I'm sure, right? Because we'd always have to be inspecting. Uh, it says... If he finds the mildew on the, it's spread, the priest must, um, this is verse 39, um, on the seventh day, the priest must return for another inspection. If he finds that the mildew on the wall has, has spread, the priest must order that the stones from the, those areas be removed. The contaminated material will then be taken outside of the town to an area desi- designated as ceremonially unclean, uh, probably where some of the lepers are now living. Next. The inside walls of the interior house must be scraped thoroughly, and the scrapings dumped in an un, uh, unclean place outside the town. Other stones will be brought in to replace the ones that were, were removed. The wall will be replastered, okay? But if the mildew reappears after all the stones have been replaced and the house has been scraped and replastered, the priest must return and inspect the house again. Now he's a home inspector. If he finds that the mildew has spread, the walls are clearly contaminated with a serious mildew. And the house is defiled. It must be torn down. <laughs> the worst news of your life, right? You're like, no, I just moved in. Um, it's got to be torn down. And all its stones, timbers, and plaster must be carried out of town to a place designated as ceremonially unclean. Um, this is really to reinforce the fact that God takes this stuff seriously. And it shouldn't matter what the cost is. Do you want to get sick? You don't want to get sick, right? Tear it down. <laughs> Tear it down. Rebuild. Um, Those who enter the house during the period of quarantine will be ceremonially unclean until evening. All who sleep or eat in the house must wash their clothing. But if the priest returns for his inspection and finds that the mildew has not reappeared in the house after the fresh plastering, he will pronounce it clean because the mildew is clearly gone. To purify the house, the priest must take two birds, a stick of cedar. Here's our illustration again. Some scarlet yarn and a hyssop branch. He will slaughter the one bird over the clay pot filled with fresh water. He will take the cedar stick, the hyssop branch, and the scarlet yarn and the live bird and dip them in the blood of the slaughtered bird and into the fresh water. Then he will sprinkle the house seven times. When the priest has purified the house exactly this way, he will release the live bird in the open fields outside the town. Through this process, the priest will purify the house and it will be ceremonially clean. These are the instructions for dealing with serious skin diseases including scabby sores, sounds like a punk band, um, scabby sores, mildew, whether on clothing or in a house, and a swelling on the skin, a rash, or discolored skin, discolored skin. This procedure will determine whether a person or object is ceremonially clean or unclean. These are the instructions regarding skin diseases and mildew, and that is a whole lot of stuff. But again, we go through all that at the same time to say this. God cared so much about his people. He didn't want anything to creep in and to overtake them that would ultimately kill them. That would ultimately kill them. And so he cared that much about skin diseases and infections and mold and mildew and this and that. He cares that much more about your soul and the salvation of your souls. Here's about leprosy. He cares a lot more about sin. And he provided the greatest remedy to sin for us, and that's his son Jesus dying on the cross for us. 
been listening to Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James is making his way through the book of Leviticus. Now, when we open the book of Leviticus, we first read these words. The Lord called Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. He starts talking to Moses about the offerings that the people are to bring. In chapter 1, verse 9, he says, And the priest shall burn all of it on the altar, as a burnt offering, a food offering, with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The animals they offered were to be without blemish. Now, we know that when Jesus died on the cross, he was the perfect Lamb of God. And yet the writer of Romans says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. We no longer sacrifice animals to cover our sin, but in reverence and in worship of Jesus who paid that price for us once and for all, we offer ourselves as living sacrifices. The book of Leviticus can open our eyes to how we're to live before the King of Kings. Here at Bread for the Broken, we're committed to helping people find hope and new life in Jesus. To hear other great messages filled with that hope and life, head over to breadforthebroken.com. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. That's all that we have for today. Pastor James will be back with you next time, right here on Bread for the Broken.